You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Making Waves. Welcome, everyone, to Making Waves, the Ship Park Podcast. This is episode, Al, this is episode, what, 42, 43? 43, I believe we're up to at this point, Justin. And listen, we couldn't bring in 43 any better than would someone who's been so special to Shiprocked and to the rock world uh, as a whole. Uh, please, Ms. Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. Lizzie, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Seriously, like, I don't get out much, obviously, <laughs> anymore. So <laughs> you guys are a breath of fresh air. Cool. This has been uh, one of those uh, episodes that people have been looking forward to because we've been getting well bombarded. When's Lizzie going to make it? We're like, well, look, she's a very busy woman. So when there's a hole in her schedule, which you found and we couldn't appreciate it anymore. So let's get started. Um, we were talking before we went on, we were talking about no cover, the uh, the TV show. Could you kind of explain it? We were kicking it around. It's sort of a contest type band thing, kind of like mentorship. It's it's a band contest. It's a mentorship. It's it's all of those things. It's basically the cooler version of American Idol, where it's 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 no covers, obviously, which hence the name. So it's all original songs, all original bands, um, all bands that are unsigned. So uh, so it was such a beautiful experience. It's uh, the the judges the judges consisted of myself, Gavin Rosdale from Bush, um, Alice Cooper himself <laughs> needs no introduction yeah. uh miss bishop, bishop briggs um you know indie rock icon obviously and then tosin abasi who is just a shredder among shredders it's just instrumental like eight string um just he's he's such an intelligent human being it, it was such a, a an amazing array of judges we all come from our different parts of the world we all come from our different experiences so no matter who ended up you know we we've just finished filming season 1 so i actually do know who won um but throughout the process it was just such a beautiful thing to be a part of because no matter who was up on that stage each one of us could see ourselves in them and each one of us could bring something to the table, whether it's like, hey, you're doing this correct and keep, you know, keep going for this. Oh, hey, maybe like you should work on eye contact. Hey, what about that jacket? Hey, what happens if the amps go out and you have to banter? You know, it's like all of these things that we've all had to go through um, in our careers, we were able to kind of bestow on all of these bands. So it was a beautiful thing to be a part of, but in a selfish way, I came back from doing this show and started looking at my own material because we're actually writing a hailstorm record right now and being like i gotta take my own advice <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know? yeah so it was just it was, it was such a fun thing to be a part of and if uh, if there is a season two i'm raising my hand to be the first one on board yeah you learn it, did you discovered that what i think a lot of people know and you people will say but whether or not they they ever get a chance to experience it or not is another thing where they say you learn so much from teaching right oh yes you you do you do and yeah. and you learn a lot from being on the other side so some of the things that um 
that I've immersed myself over the past year and a half because we've all been forced to be creative and try to find outlets uh, for the things that we normally have an outlet for but <laughs> have been stolen from us because of the pandemic. And uh, so I started doing uh, some of my own shows, being the interviewer versus the interviewee, which, by the way, um, much respect to both of you guys because I've learned that that is actually exponentially harder than being the interviewee, you know, <laughs> um, because you have to do, I, I was doing, you know, a week's worth of research. I have guests on, there has to be a musical break, um, having to write a script, all of those things. And then also, um, I get involved with Access TV where, um, I am the host for the last two seasons of A Year in Music, which is basically, you know, you have to go and you have yeah. to film and you have to read a teleprompter and but then there's voiceovers and there's a script and, um, all of those things. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's an amazing thing to be able to put yourself in the other seat and, uh, you know, and the same thing with no cover, you put yourself in that seat, not necessarily on the stage, but you're off the stage looking at it from this, you know, kind of forest versus the trees situation. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's, it's interesting. You mentioned, uh, we, we really guys are really known as just a touring workhorse. You guys are on the road, 200, 250 a year, easily, I would think in the ballpark. And a lot of musicians obviously took this last year to kind of Set back. Obviously, you've you know you have a nice uh, you've had a chance to take away from the road, but you haven't stopped working, which is so impressive. And do you think <laughs> do you do you kind of like attribute that to the fact that you just can't either sit still or there's just so much interesting things you want to be involved in, or just a matter of both? I, I think it's a little bit of a, a balance of of which because you go for so long where the hustle is real and the hustle is not not just keeping your career going or keeping your dream going or whatever you want to call it, but it's a part of your identity. Um, it becomes a part of who you are. So I found myself uh, after a little while kind of feeling guilty for not doing something like, so I have to, I'm the kind of person that I have to force myself to like take a day to just not do anything. Like I'm just going to sit and watch movies <laughs> or something, mm -hmm. you know? Um, Does the guilt creep, creep in? I, I think that there's part of that. It's like the guilt does creep in where it's like, I don't know. You don't know who you are without it some of the times. And, and that's not always healthy. Um, so I've had to kind of create a balance with that. Um, you know, it, it's been kind of, it's been a weird roller coaster ride this past year and a half or whatever it is, has been because time is elastic now and <laughs> I'm having trouble even keeping track of days it, anymore. It sure is. I used to know. Yeah when the date was and all that. But um, even with the lead singer thing, like I, at least I knew what the day was. Um, but Yeah, it's on tape on the stage right there. They put it on <laughs> tape. Right? You, mentioned, you mentioned, so like, so, you know, since, you know, we started the band in 1997, um, I was going on 14 and our first gigs were like, you know, bowling alleys and coffee houses and at the mall and, you know, bars at happy hour and all of that. But at least we had like a couple of those a month, even in those days. So this has been the longest I've ever gone without playing in front of a live audience. And you don't realize that that hole can't necessarily be filled with anything else. And that um, that high that you get on stage, it's it's it is it's a drug. It's a it's a bomb of dopamine that you just can't get anywhere else. So I think in a lot of ways, some of the reasons that we stayed busy and tried to keep ourselves on the top of the pile was our, you know, our way and my way personally of just trying to um, satisfy 
whatever, I can't be satisfied, which in one way is kind of a bummer. <laughs> mm-hmm. But on an, in another way, um, I'm putting all of that energy into our new material, what we have going on for the next Hailstorm record, and which we're recording right now, and then um, and everything else. You just immerse yourself 110%, even if you don't think you can do it. Like most of these projects that I've taken on, I've done like 11 duets this year. Most of these projects, I'm like, am I actually going to be able to accomplish this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of them, like, especially with the hosting gigs and a lot of these things that I haven't necessarily been well-versed in, it's like, it would be like 20 minutes before shoot time, like, what if I'm terrible at this? Yeah. Like, what if, what if, what have I gotten myself into? And it's, but you dive your, you know, you dive headfirst in the shark tank and you figure it out as you go along. And it's the same thing that we were doing back in the day. Cause like, we didn't know how the industry worked, what, you know, would ever happen if we got a record label. It's like, what happens if we get on this stage? What if we open up for this band? It's like, we don't know. So all you can do is just do it. And, um, and so I think that I've kind of come to terms uh, or I've actually come back to that place during this whole time where it's like, that's all I can control is just jumping in. <laughs> Do you feel like at the end of this world that we're in, not the world, but do you feel like at the end of the pandemic here, as we hope it winds down and things get back to whatever normal is now, right? Do you feel like taking out, taking away the obvious horrible parts of, of the pandemic with the loss of life and people being sick and the, the, the economy and all this stuff, it sounds to me like you might look back at it and and it's almost a blessing outside of yeah. all this other stuff, right? Obvi- the obvious stuff that's clearly not a blessing. But I, it, it I, sounds yeah. like your your personal growth from this thing, you're going to look back and go, you know, that was really good for my personal growth. And, the, and you expanded yourself and you did all these things that you trusted yourself. You leapt and the net appeared, right? Yeah. So that's that's exactly. that's the interesting thing about this whole world right now is that a lot of people are rediscovering themselves. And I think maybe a lot of people are not, but it sounds definitely, and we, we mentioned this before we started, I just literally can't believe how much stuff that you do. It just, it's staggering. <laughs> so good for you keeping yourself busy and keeping yourself sane that way, I would imagine. I thank myself every day for my day-to-day team because they, they mm. send me a schedule every morning and that's what I live, I live and die by the schedule. Um, but no, that's a really good point because, I, you know, regardless of, of what walk of life you're living, whether you're, you know, myself or you guys or or just, you know, just trying to, to, to get by, you know, I, I think that all of us went through the same thing, whereas we all had to we had our life kind of ripped out from under over us, you know, and, and then we had to look at ourselves in the mirror and try to decide who you are without that. And what are you going to do about it? What can you do about it? What are the things that are out of your control? What are the things that, you know, you can't change the past, you can't predict the future. So all you have is now. And, um, I think it. I think in a lot of ways it's been a lot. It's been beautiful for a lot of us, especially like in the you know artistic community, because we get so wrapped up in the routine. Like with us, like it's been you know probably over a decade. Well, since we got signed, which was about fifteen years ago, um, you know we we you know we do a record, we go out, we tour, we come back, we have some time off, we we do a record, we go back out and tour. So it's, so it's this thing that is just kind of this like merry-go-round that keeps going around, keeps building, spiraling outward. But then I, I just feel like the coolest thing that I see in our future, and especially since there's like actually gigs on the horizon, is that it's not that any of us took it for granted 
for one moment. Nobody took it for granted, but I think that we're going to appreciate it so much more. And we're going to be thinking about the little moments, the little things that kind of used to kind of pass us by. It's like, oh, we'll see that again. We'll do Mm -hmm. that again. Mm -hmm. And now I think that we want to grab everything with both hands as tight as we can. And um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to need some dark sunglasses our first gig. I I know it. Because like we've been watching, like, so the guys and I, um, it's going to sound cheesy, but like, so my, my, my band and I, we're, we're, we're family, you know, we're obviously my little brother is actually in my band. So we're family, obviously. But then with the other guys, it's like, we know each other better than our, than our actual, you know, blood family knows us probably. And, uh, and we've been watching these like old live shows and some of the old live streams that we've kind of released, you know, speckled in throughout the year. And every time we're like in the chat rooms on YouTube and, and then something will happen and be like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I, that was a cool moment. And we just, I'm, I miss it, you know? So I I know there's going to be this like influx of just emotion and just connection to an audience. And I also feel that way with the audience too, whereas I feel like there's actually not going to be a whole lot of, you know, like this going on. I feel like a lot of people are going to want to really just kind of be in the moment, not just capture it on their phone, but just like be in it and feel mm. it. So yeah, it's it's going to be an incredible festival season. Yeah. <laughs> which 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 is apropos considering you guys just released the single Long Live Rock. Oh yes. Oh yes. And it just kind of fits into this what we're looking at now and uh, I hate to tell you this Lizzie but your your rest days are over because you're right. You guys have road work coming up. You got a new album going on and you're going to be working through the holidays almost pretty much. So Oh yeah, uh, we're we're actually we're technically not everything has been announced yet but we're technically booked through 2023, which we looked at that schedule for the first time like like 2 weeks ago mm-hmm. and uh and crying for different our, reasons. Even, even our manager, <laughs> Mr. Bill McGathy himself, who has been like a pinnacle of 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 the rock scene for, you know, the past 25, 30 years, is like, should we talk about this? <laughs> should, should we like <laughs> this just makes me dizzy looking at him? It's like, so I told the guys in my band, I was like, I hope y'all enjoyed your time at home. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we're never yeah. gonna see it again. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's funny, you mentioned something earlier that I think what this pandemic and people, other artists we've spoken with is the vulnerability, the audience now, your fans or whoever watches and listens to you, there's a vulnerability now that's coming out that makes artists really authentic. And you mentioned this fear of 20 minutes before you're getting ready to record your show, the TV show, you're like, am I going to be any good at this? Mm. And I'm thinking, wow, that's coming from someone who sits in front of 60,000 people at times in front of festival crowds and just kills it for an hour. I'm like, this, I think it's funny that there's still that, that healthy sense of fear and dread when it comes to performance. Oh, yeah. I, and, you know, there's always that – and that has never really <clears throat> gone away. I mean, I, I know what I can do um, at this point, you know, in no cocky way at all. I, I just – I know what I can do. And um, – but even before this whole situation, you know – it's always been the same kind of I what I call a, this beautiful panic that happens, and it usually ends up when when our when our you know personal assistant is like, hey hey, there we got ten minutes till stage, and it's like, oh god, you don't know what numbers do to me. Like now it's ten minutes, and I was like, mm. ah, here we go, and it's like, <laughs> no more numbers, no more numbers, no more numbers, <laughs> uh, because you know you know we've been very proud to uh to we don't do any tracks no trickery no we don't even play to a click track a, a lot of our sections of our 
uh, set are actually like a lot of improv, a lot of like, hey, let's go into this song. Let's switch up the set every night for the fans that come to eight shows in a row. Um, so you know that there isn't necessarily a, a, a God that you're supposed to fall back on. There isn't this like thing that's pushing you through. It's totally up to you and how you're riding this wave with your band members. So when you walk out on stage every night, there is that element of like, well, this could be the most amazing night ever. Mm-hmm. Great. It could also be a complete train wreck and that's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> so you get yeah. a tiger. Um, yeah. So. I think that, do, Lizzie, do you, I think that the opposite might be true. Not the opposite, but the bands that do rely on tracks, you know, that are heavily produced and that kind of thing. I think you might, I'll put this to you a different way. Maybe you might think about it differently. Maybe you've already thought about it. When you're playing live and playing your instruments and singing, um, at least you can trust yourself and your abilities and your practice. There's a lot of bands that go up on stage. Hell, I'm in a stupid little cover band and we have tracks. And sometimes that's the most difficult thing. It's like, are the tracks going to, is the drummer going to set it off? Right. Because if he doesn't, this whole thing is kind of like crumpled and then he stops the tracks. Now we're naked and we suck and we're not good enough to go without tracks. (laughs) So, I mean, to you, it's almost, it's, it's a, in your mind, maybe you're even more free because you can count on yourself to get you through those moments and you're not beholden to tracks necessarily. And I'm not cutting on tracks. I mean, a lot of bands use them. I, I, I think a lot of times it can be, it can be really cool, but you know, you have the ability to trust yourself and your musicianship and your bandmates to get you out of those weird things yeah. or take you to those new things that you weren't even knew you were well, capable of. You bring up a really good point, which I don't think I've actually ever been asked or talked about in the in the press before. But we actually had this conversation like um, I want to say maybe eight some years ago um, because that was the insurgence of everybody using track. So like mm-hmm. there was a there was a period of time where. Nobody was when we're coming up in the scene and then became a very fast, like everybody was using tracks. So we would be in the middle of like one band that sounded like a soundtrack to a movie and then it would be us. And then be the, mm-hmm. ne- the next band after us would be like soundtrack to a movie. And yeah. we have this discussion where we're like, well, again, what do we trust more? Like we could, we could absolutely do it. We, we could rehearse our asses off. And, but what would we rather have happen? Would we rather have one of us fall off the train and the three of the rest of us have to bring you back or like all of mm-hmm. us look at each other at one point and be like, we got to end this now or the tracks fall out and everything is screwed, you know, right. basically. And it's like, we're, and we've, and honestly, you know, and, and, and again, no bands will be mentioned <laughs> in this, but yeah. we've been to many gigs and opened up for many bands where the tracks fell in like the second song and then the yeah. band would not go on yeah. and, and it's like oh, just plug it in just do it just do it yeah. and so like we decided just as a personal mission that we would rather err on the side of ourselves even if it becomes this craziness which by the way uh one of our fans just actually like posted one of these videos there's an 11 minute version of i miss the misery out there and I, I'll make this a long story short. I'll, I'll make a short story, not a long story. Um, <laughs> basically, and so basically, we were we were playing this song, and we decided to go off the rails a little bit. Just like, hey, we're in the key of A. Let's just like jam for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we started jamming, and uh, our guitar player Joe looks at his watch. He's like, "Oh man, we got to keep going. There's like 15 minutes left in the set." And we're like, "How can there be 15 minutes left in the set? This is the last song." Not we're a like, problem. 
and sure, let's just go. So yeah. we went yeah. up and we took it down and I did like a solo and then I did a vocal thing. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden our our crew on the side stage was like, guys, we got to stop. And we real and my guitar player realized that his, his watch had stopped. <laughs> we are way over time yeah almost going like oh my god and then we we walked to rj the drummer and we're like we got to end this now and we're all like here we go and we halted it to a break and but but that moment will never happen again so like i'm I'm proud of those things you know yeah yeah but you know tell you what there's nothing better than the humanity behind that kind of live feel that i mean that's why we still love going to clubs because the club Mm -hmm. bands are going to do that they're yeah. going to play it off the cuff like that. Arena bands, obviously, it's very groomed. It becomes a performance instead of a gig. But uh, to still see that with a band at your level is so refreshing. And people do really do love the. I know the audience expectation is like, that's not what I thought I hear on the record. But when you see it live, it's so much free form. Is like, where, that's where I'm always my music breathes. That's what we always yeah. say. Like, you can always listen, to, yeah. always listen right. to the record the way it sure. is. Yeah. Lizzie, do you, do you feel like at this point with Hailstorm, if it, you would say, you know what? We're not going to do tracks, but we need X. And there would be you would you wouldn't you just find that person to come out and play some gigs we've, with you? We've done that a couple times where we've had. I, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, we've had, we've had like a keyboard player or two yeah. come out, um, and then uh, <laughs> then we certainly realized that my my bass player is like ambidextrous. He he plays right handed bass, but he's also a lefty. But he's also a classically trained pianist. Mm-hmm. So we've put a lot on our bass player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and that's like, where he's like, oh, yeah, you guys don't really like tracks, but I sure would like to not have to work so hard. Well, at some point, a dream of mine, a dream of mine really, um, and this is not knocking the guys or anything, because the guys, all three of my guys sing and they do a great job. But a dream of mine, like I would, I would love to have like, you know, three backup singers and a mm. keyboard player. And like, I'd love to have kind of a, you know, at least a, like a seven to eight piece band, you know, just kind of working around what we do. That That's mm-hmm. that's one of the, th- the things that like I was thinking about when we were talking about maybe doing something production wise, like a special show or, you know, th- th- those are always the things that kind of come into play. But um, so, yeah, you may see that at some point in time. It, I, yeah. you know, we always talk about that, you know, or even like have a second drummer with RJ. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Go totally like all of a sudden, all of a sudden you've become 38 special. Um, no, the good thing about, yeah, the hailstorm, hailstorm S and M just like Metallica with the orchestra. That's, that'd be a, that'd be fantastic one off for fans. Yeah. It'd be great. We are, we are six minutes from live. I want to, I don't know what you have on your list, Justin, but I wanted to, um, since I, because I'm a Homer, um, and Lizzie last we talked, we were at the Ryman, God, it was five years ago, I think, and you guys just moved. Yeah, we were talking about your grand piano, and is it is it rumor, fact, or fiction that some of the guys have also matriculated here? Is that a word? Yeah. Everybody yeah. has followed us here. So our yeah. bass player Josh is here with his family. Um, he just had his second kid, so he's doing the family thing. And yeah, um, it's it's really crazy to to know some guys since you were a teenager, and then all of a sudden he's like in dad mode. It's crazy. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, my brother and his girl moved out here. So, yeah, we, my, my guitar player and I, I moved out here first, you know, shortly before we met you at the Ryman. And uh, 
we were only moving out here because it was convenient. It's like, it's a central location. We're in Nashville and uh, all the buses come out of here. We have some storage out here. And then we just fell in love with it. The whole community is amazing. The rock and roll community is very much alive. Mm -hmm. um, I've met some of my dearest friends out here. And then so slowly but surely everyone's creeping out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. great. I love it. So you're north of town. Where did everybody wind up? Where did they all wind up? Um, the, both of, uh, our rhythm section are in East Nashville yeah. and, uh, and yeah, it's, and then a, a bunch of our crew is actually planning on moving out here as well because they've, they've spent too much time out here with us. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is actually really cool. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're, uh. <laughs> well, it's great. Our army. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Well, welcome. I've been here since '96, and oh, I lo I love it when cool people move in. So, and East, East, what's that? You've seen all the changes. In the I place. have. It's been it's been great. And now this year with cicadas, I can't wait for the cicadas again because it is a trip. You just wait. You're gonna get nailed with it up north where you are. It's crazy are. and awesome, and I love it. And it's fun to it's fun. I'm gonna once again. I told my kids that I've eaten them before. Uh, you know, because back then, you know, 17 <laughs> years ago, I was 17 years younger and dumber. And, uh, you know, we would be partying and having fun eating cicadas, just picking them up and eating them. And so yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for my kids this year. And they're going to freak out. They're going to freak out. And that's going to be the best. They it's going to be great. Never forget that. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. So I've never ahead, cicada. That, I'm going to no. write that down. Yeah. <laughs> they're just crispy and gross. <laughs> Yeah. So Liz, we were talking before um, about your dreams. You, you sit there as a, as a, as a young, a, a kid basically. And you're like having these dreams of what you want to do. And you go, I want to be a rock musician. And I think I want to be a rock star, whatever that term might be at the age. And now you're living this incredible dream where you have a Grammy award. Yeah. You have a long-term band. You guys have a huge fan base globally. You are what what album are you working on right now? What number? What where are uh, we at in the catalog? Six. Uh, yeah, full full uh, full LP. Uh, it's yeah. I think we're working on our six now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. But you mentioned back to the no cover show real quick. So one of your hosts is Alice Cooper, and I'm sure. And you you mentioned that it's a hip parader produced show, and you mentioned like some of the magazines from hip parader '70s era were in the studio, and you're looking at it, and there's like Alice Cooper on the front of this, and then you turn to your right or left, and there's. Alice Cooper, that's got to be another yeah. part of that dream where you're like, I'm friends, I'm working, I'm I'm a peer with this person now. You've been on yeah. the road with them. Obviously, you guys have toured together. Is that also part of that? Was that part of the dream to like, oh, well, I'm going to meet and work with these people that are like iconic? Or is that just kind of like one of those things still where you just kind of go, oh, shit, I can't oh. believe this. I, you still have those fan moments, right? Even as a, as a musician. Always, I always say that there's a difference between knowing that you're capable of great things and maybe you're capable of meeting these people, maybe you're capable of touring the world, and then things actually happening, you know, because mm. we know a lot of really great and really talented bands that never even make it to their first record on a major label, um, getting that push, um, let alone, you know, now where we're at. And so, and, and then having that rapport, like, you know, I have a really great relationship with Alice Cooper to the point that I, it's, you have those moments where you're having these conversations with him where he's like, he's like this amazing uncle. <laughs> like the, he's just, that's <laughs> right. what he is. He's just yeah. like this amazing guy. And then you walk away from it almost always being like, man, this was the guy that taught me that I was weird when I was like 11, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, like you have these moments. So, so like, or I made had, you feel, or made you feel normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. It's, 
really it's really interesting to 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 meet with these people and uh, same with the Gavin Rosdale. We became fast friends on that show, and it's like you you have to kind of step back because because when you're having these conversations with these people, you you have this common ground. You have these similar stories, whether they're on different levels and different tiers or not. But you're able to talk with them and. Um, when you perform with them, like I, I always go out there and it's like, all right, I'm cool, right? I'm, I got my leather jacket. Like I, I, I deserve to be here, right? And then you go out there and you're like next to this star power, this guy that has lived, you know, twice as many lifetimes that you did. And, and you just kind of walk away being like, oh my gosh, I still yeah. can't believe this is actually happening. If you had told my 13-year-old self that this would be my life right now, I would have called you a liar. Yeah. And, but uh, so so I, I did tell this story to Alice and I, I've told the story a bunch of times before, but, but Alice Cooper, um, when we moved into a new place when I was 11, uh, the, a 20-acre farm that, that I ended up, you know, with my parents until I was 18. And, uh, and some of the neighborhood girls invited me to sleep over and they said, bring your favorite CDs. So this was like 96. Okay. So this was when like Mariah Carey, TLC, Backstreet Boys, that kind of thing was happening. Eating cicadas. I, that was eating cicadas time. I, I, I have never eaten a cicada, but now I'm going to have to try it. <laughs> uh, I've eaten a lot of other things. I'll try anything once, you know, um, just, you can quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> but so I, so the CDs that I bring to this sleepover are Alice Cooper's Love It to Death and Ronnie James Dio's Holy Diver, Holy Diver. Wow. Because I, that's what I was listening to with my dad at the time. And I didn't, you know, that was just what I loved. And I put in Love It to Death. <laughs> at this sleepover and those girls looked at me like I was from another planet. So I told Alice, I'm like, you know, you're the reason I found out I was weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm so proud. I'm so proud that I was the one. <laughs> and if you, our it, initial like icebreaker. And, and, and if you know, the the funny thing though, is that those girls ran out secretly a week later and bought that same album. And I going. hope so. I hope so. <laughs> well, this is a good, this is a perfect transition right now because we are shortly going to be live on Facebook. We are now actually we are now live, live on Facebook. So, so Lizzie, let's, I, I do want to just, nobody's going to understand the context. Hi, everybody. No one's going to understand the context of this, but Lizzie, I want you to know that while you are jamming on stage or in those situations with whoever it may be, Alice Cooper or whoever, I'm going to tell you, they're looking over at you going, she kicks ass. Oh, yeah. like, so, you know, so it's like, it's good. It's good. Like, it's like you were my idol, but now we're peers. And Justin mentioned that it's like, now we're peers and now we're friends and we have a working relationship. And so that's, it's super, it's super cool. I was going to say, Al, real quick. I want to interject yeah. that, yeah, 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 that Alice, like I said, they see you play live and they're going, shit, we got our work cut out for us tonight. Mm -hmm. that's, and all, that's, and that's right. That's, that's an what incredible I'm saying. feeling yeah. to realize that these iconic people who, the guys like him, they don't they don't just call it in. They they work their ass off every night, like oh, it's yeah. the first night. But to see that then now you have to you make them raise their bar. That's equal respect. Well, so it's well, it's, it's, it, that was uh, that was again what I, I guess the most recent com, uh, compliment that I've gotten, and this is specifically toward Alice Cooper because he recent when we were recording No Cover out in L.A., he told me that he's like, you know, the reason that we had you opening up for us, right? And it was the, exactly that. He's like, because we knew as soon as you went on, I would have to go to the guys and be like, hey, guys, we have to kind of bring it tonight. And of course, the guys was like, well, you're Alice Cooper. You can do whatever you want. But like, he still has that mentality. Mm -hmm. He's never stopped. He he He's not just, of course, he knows who he is. He knows he's Alice Cooper. He's not naive to it. But he also is 
always searching for that hunger. He's always searching for that inspiration to to keep himself on his toes and keep that fire. And if you watch him, even to this day, you know, like after all of the lifetimes that he's lived, I mean, if you watch his eyes, like he is fully immersed. He is not calling it in in any in any, in any way. So it's like to me, I it the inspiration comes full full circle because then I'm able to look at him and be like, well, that's life goals. I want to be able to doing to be doing that when I'm his age. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Well, listen, hey, welcome everyone in our Facebook live stream. Thank you for joining us tonight. We obviously oh, have, everybody. if you guys are paying attention right now, we have Lizzie Hale uh, from yes. Hailstorm who've who've been with us. You know what? We were talking before, Liz. I was like. I said, I know they've been on a cruise a bunch. I know, I know yeah. obviously you guys were like the last, you were our last ship rock before we went kind of yeah. quiet. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, they've got to be on just as much as Seven Duster. They've got to be. And I was like, no, they were on just once prior. Yeah, twice. And I'm like, and I was like, wow, that. Yeah. I know. And that's the funny thing because what it shows, Liz, is that you left such an impact with not only myself, but so many ship rockers. I'm thinking, man, they've had to be on more than twice. It just feels like it. Well, that's an honor. Thank you so much. And I, yeah, I, feel like, I feel like we may have taken a year off of your life too, because we, you were running. So you were doing like everything that everybody was asking of you. And it was like, okay, next time I might just have to chill a little bit for me. It, it's okay. I, I, I love the ship rocked experience because it's just this, it's just a more intimate way of getting to know your fans. And it's like, it's not just about like, oh, we have a meet and greet and we have this and we have a sound check or we have this. It's like, it's just a full party with everybody because we're all, we're all marooned (laughs) (laughs) together on this ship. Like, where are you going to go? So like, I had, I had so many amazing conversations with people and, you know, I met so many people with like, like my lyrics are tattooed on their arm and it's like, it was just a really cool experience. And and uh, we said that because, so after we got off the cruise, we we didn't have any gigs booked until, you know, in the summer of, of last year. And so we had some like studio gigs and whatever. And then that's when like the news started happening where it's like all of a sudden every day it was mm-hmm. back. And it was, hey, there's going to be a lockdown. Hey, there's this thing coming. And so you guys were our, our last gig. Yeah, we were our last gig <laughs> too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, so we have that. Really, we have that in common. That's really interesting. You mentioned it, Lizzie, that you you ran to people and had conversations, and some folks had their your lyrics in arms. Is there a weight that comes with that? Is there not a responsibility? You're not responsible for someone getting ink, but is there like that kind of like, wow, I can't. I've made this impression to the point where I'm now part of their entire life. I, I'm kind of in awe of it, you know, where it's it almost feels like it's surreal and it's not necessarily even a part of me. Um, it feels like, and I, I, I've had this conversation with so many different artists about this and I feel like we all kind of agree where it's like, it almost feels like you're the, you're the person that passed the baton, you know, where it's like, okay, maybe you wrote this song because you wanted to write it and whatever it meant to you. And then it means something totally different to somebody else. And, and maybe it has the impact, you know, to the effect of, of them wanting to get it tattooed on their arm and, uh, or your face tattooed on their arm, which is, it's a whole different level of like, mm-hmm. that's awesome right. guys. Thank you. Um, but it yeah. feels like it, it's almost like not even really you that caused that, whatever that, you know, that universal power of music, that thing that gets passed on. I always consider myself like, I'm just the host of the party. You know, it's like, we all want to rock. We all just want to enjoy music, whether you're playing it or listening to it. We're all in the same game. Um, I just happen to be the one on stage. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And it kind of puts everything into perspective too. Cause so 
it's not necessarily a pressure that like, oh, well, you know, like I'm not going into the next record thinking like, okay, what's going to be tattooed on somebody's arm? Like, I don't think about that because I don't think that's necessarily anything in our control as artists. I think that we got to write about what we are excited about and what we think is important and then uh, hope that there are more people out there that are thinking in the exact same way and that can relate to it. And I think that that's healthy too from a writer, from a writing standpoint, because you know, you are not beholden to that pressure of of writing for a tattoo or writing for a single or, or, or. You're now writing for yourself. And that does a couple of things. Obviously, you're able to express yourself, which is the most important thing. But it also leads to originality, right? It's like, this is me. I'm the, I'm one in six billion, by the way. And if I express myself in the, in, it's going to be different than the way anybody else on the planet expresses themselves. And I've, I, that's what I find fascinating about, about the songwriting process is that just write things that you love in your way. All your influences come hit you. However, it's going to be, yeah, you're going to sound like this. You're going to sound like that, but ultimately you are an original and if you keep doing that and that's your focus and not thinking about being original, think about being yourself, exactly. you will, you can, and you can, that not will, point. but you can become, you can become yourself like in a weird point. way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because we've talked about that because on one half, okay, so we're, we're artists, but we also, you know, are a part of a business. We have, you know, we have a label attached, we have distribution, we have management, we have all of these things. And really this is just comes to prove because we have we in the earlier days you know especially like we were going through this kind of process of okay how do we like balance being on a label and having like a machine behind us but also trying to be true to ourselves and and in a lot of senses there were some situations where we had to compromise and the proof has been over the years whereas like everything that we'd had to, we've had to compromise for that maybe we weren't necessarily into but like hey we're going to do it for the the greater good to make sure everybody's cool those things never actually come into fruition so you know let, let's say you write a song let's say you write a song and maybe you're not necessarily connected to it. Maybe everybody thinks it's a hit song, but you don't necessarily want it to be on your record. But in order for us to get over the, uh, the, you know, through the gate of, of the record label and all of these people that have these expectations of you, um, you have to end up doing that. So you're like, mm -hmm. okay, that's fine. I, I'd rather have that on than us be like stopped in our tracks, right? Now, that being said, those particular examples, and, and I'm not going to like give any examples because I, I don't want to like ruin anybody's song for them, but there are some songs in our repertoire that we were not necessarily stoked on, but mm -hmm. we put them on the record because labels like, this is our silver bullet, whatever. And then that never happens because, because the proof has been that if you are not fully invested in your art, if you are just doing it for any other reason other than that you are stoked on it and that you love it, that you connect to it, that you know that you can walk out on stage and sing it, if you're doing it for any other reason, money, fame, somebody's opinion, it will never stand the test of time. It will mm -hmm. never be that fan favorite. It will never be something that is being requested. And that's just in that's just in our own world. That's what we've realized. So the so as hard as it is as it is for you to trust yourself sometimes, mm -hmm. it's so important for you to follow that compass, whatever that is, because that's what's going to lead you to success ultimately um in the long run. 
Well, I, I'm sorry that I got it so deep there, Justin. No, I no. Hey, Lizzie said that she would run with it. She said she'd she did, run with she, it. When she did. We've been warned, and it's been awesome. Listen, um, I, I the, like. Can I? There's a there's a couple of really good questions, and I, oh, we, yeah. we I want to make room for a couple of questions from some of our shipwalkers because there's a lot of people watching, right, Liz? And you mentioned it earlier before during the podcast. Yes, yeah, she's saying hi, guys. Say everyone, say hi to Liz. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Faith Miller wants to know, and you could. We spoke about this earlier, but if you could repeat yourself, you don't mind. What's going to be your reaction the first time you go back on stage? Oh, I, you know, I, I've I've been the work mares have started, so um, you know, it's like you have. I have dreams every night about like me going on stage, and not knowing the set list or me going on stage and opening my mouth and nothing comes out. And like those whole, like that anxiety, uh, building up toward it. But I really do think that it's going to probably be one of the, um, the truest shows to maybe when we were first starting, because we've had all of this time to ourselves, and I know what it means to me just in my soul to be in front of an actual live audience. And, you know, like I was telling you guys before, I'm I'm definitely going to need some dark sunglasses. Most likely there will be at least one small emotional moment where y'all are going to have to just give me a second because I'm going to be so happy to be there. The sunglasses will not only keep the sun rays out that you haven't seen in real life, but they'll also keep they'll keep the people from knowing that you're sobbing. But unfortunately, the mascara is going to be running down yeah, and look like Alice yeah. Cooper. So <laughs> there you go. One other question we had, and this is I'm, I'm curious on this too. David, uh, I'm sorry, Daniel Scott asks, "What's the most unique gift that any sh ship rocker ever gave you?" Oh my goodness. Um, well, there was one, actually, it, this was kind of an exchange uh, on the last ship rocked. Uh, this 11-year-old girl, I believe her name was Lydia, but I please don't quote me because I'm terrible with names. Um, but that was the first name that came into my mind when I was thinking about this. Um, but it was a little 11-year-old girl, and she gave me an a, a piece of paper and a pen and she also a little bracelet and uh, at, just as a gift. And she's like, could you write me a, a doctor's note so that I, <laughs> so that I can get out of all of the boring classes I have at school to play music. <laughs> and so I did, I wrote her a little doctor's note, like just kind of like, you know, Dr. Lizzie, uh, rock and roll, you know, PS, you know and, uh, and hereby, you know, allow Lydia, you know, and signed it and everything. And, um, and I couldn't find her afterward because she handed it to me and then we got shuffled off. And then I saw her, uh, in the front row, uh, at, at the last gig at Shiprock that we had. And I had it in my back pocket cause I thought I'd maybe see her and I handed it to her from off stage. And so I thought that was, that was a really beautiful connection. Yeah, that's a great exchange. Hopefully she got out of some of the boring classes yeah. <laughs> before it all shut down. You know, and if she didn't, she's got an amazing Actually, uh, piece. Maybe you can blame the lockdown on me because, I mean, she definitely got her wish eventually. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Thank you. The Oracle. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about school anymore, Lydia. <laughs> Uh, the actually the name of the girl, believe it or not, someone as as Nora Sue. Oh, there you go! Wow, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were you were close. I was Lizzie. close. Sorry, yeah. guys. Doesn't so matter. Close. The fact is, remember the moment from that long ago and everything that's been yeah, on no, going on since. Awesome. That's that's amazing. Um, so uh, one thing I want to bring up before we do walk the plank and and would you rather, Lizzie? Is like I notice 
your uh, shoe collection. Rock and roll is all about the shoes. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Please tell us your skills for uh, standing on those things and performing. Because <laughs> even Paul Stanley weeps. Yes. Well, my, the, the, the highest I'll go is eight inches with the heels. Um, nine inches are too much. Oh, my yeah. dad bought me a nine inch pair and he, he's like, why don't I ever see him? It's like, it's just too much. It's just mm -hmm. one more inch. It's the way it's too long to fall down. Um, so really it's been practice. I've been wearing heels since I was uh, 16 on stage, just because it was one more thing that the boys wouldn't do and uh, just friendly competition. Um, and uh, it's gotten to the point where my wah pedal on my pedal board, if we are in a, uh, in sound check, and I just have like my sneakers or boots on. I have to like angle my foot in a different way to actually make it like fluid because I've gotten so used to doing it in high heels. Wow. Um, but really, it's just practice. And if if I can put out any advice to anybody wanting, male or female, wanting to do heels on stage, stripper shoes. Just those are the two words you gotta you gotta just memorize right up here because they are made for just perfect engineering. They're made to be danced around in. Um, they have not failed me yet. So me either. That would be my advice. for the who, who, who says you can't educate on this show? Yeah, uh, I'm just, it's, it's entertaining. Yeah. It's okay. entertaining and informative. So girls buy that. And guys, if you're interested, go buy a New York Dolls album. So there That's we go. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Al, Lizzie, let's, let's try walk the plank. Walk the plank let's is a, let's walk the plank. Let's walk the plank with Lizzie Hale. I'm scared. <laughs> this is basically just random questions. Al will have one. Myself will have one. And then we usually get a ride in from a, from, from a ship rocker and we'll okay. pick that one as well. Okay. But uh, Al, oh. I'm going to give you honors, man. Thank you. As There's a, no as right answer. It's city, just your, your most heartfelt answer. I, I'm honored. I'm honored to fill in for the lovely and talented and, uh, multi-talented and complex uh, Chad. Nice feel oh, tonight. So thank Chad. you. He's a bro. Uh, thank you for being so gentle with me, Lizzie. Yes. Um, I, I would hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll make this as uncomfortable as possible. I would be gentle with Chad so you, and you can tell him that. Okay. All right. He, uh, he me now. I'm kidding. Locking the plank with Lizzie Hale. Lizzie, do you possess any of the qualities of your astrological sign? Oh, um, and let's, and I guess we should start with what is your sign? So if I may, if I may be so bold, I'm October 10th, 1983. So that would make me a Libra or at least I've been told. And, uh, yes, one of the most, one of the biggest, I guess, qualities of that sign is, uh, the importance of balance, which as, uh, you probably have all seen during this last year and a half, um, has been <laughs> quite the challenge. No, <laughs> but, but yes, that, that is one of the things that I think that without it, um, and I'm, I'm not a huge, you know, stargazer in, in any sense, but, uh, but I do believe in that because that has been a, um, uh, a constant in my life. Whereas if I don't have that certain balance and I'm saying that very truth and I'm, I'm going to coin one of our, you know, one of our songs called Ms. Hyde is actually very true. I know it's kind of in a very fun way, but I have to, um, balance the debauchery with, uh, the intelligent mind <laughs> Or everything just implodes. <laughs> <laughs> Disintegrates. It's like having a drink and then having a glass of water after that. You got to drink yeah. one water, drink water. It's got to be a one-to-one -one ratio. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, my question is this. We'll stay, we'll stay in the spirit world. What has been the most spiritual experience of your life? Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. Uh, there have been so many of them, and most of them involve live music in some capacity, which uh, to 
to throw back to what we were talking about. I feel like, you know, the first couple shows or even maybe it's just from now on, it's just going to be more of a spiritual experience on stage. Um, but one of them for me was actually getting to uh, getting to open up and then meet uh, one of my idols, Mr. Ronnie James Dio. Um, it, it, it's kind of like, it's this weird story where all of the stars aligned. We were coming off of tour. Um, I forget who we were touring with. It was probably Shinedown or something. This was in... Uh, in 2009, uh, we were touring on our first record in Atlantic, and we were coming home to Pennsylvania, um, and we got a call from our booking agency and said, hey, Heaven and Hell is playing um, at the House of Blues in Atlantic City, and Coheed and Cambria, who was opening up for them, dropped out for the last show. This is the last show on their tour. They need an opening band. I know you're going through Jersey on your way to, to PA, can you make it? And so, of course, we're like, yeah, dude, pedal to the metal, let's go. Um, so long story short, we played the show. It was amazing to see, you know, Tony Omi, Geezer, you know, everybody play and just see this, you know, man who's been my vocal idol since I was 11, you know, do his thing. But then afterward, they all hung out with us. They took so much time with us, and then they walked us out to our... We were touring in an RV at the time, not a bus, and uh, we were parked up next to their buses. And Ronnie turns to me. He's like, hey, just stay here in your RV. I got to go sign for some people and take some pictures, but I want to come back and say goodbye. So we're like, okay, sure. We'll, we'll sit, you know, <laughs> yeah, it could yeah, be three, like, it could be, it could be three, it could be three weeks. We'll I be here. here. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so we sat and we watched him sign every single thing for everyone. Um, take every picture, um, until everybody was literally exhausted. Then he, he still came back to our RV and I told him, I'm like, that was incredible, by the way. Like, you're such an amazing host. And you really didn't even have to come back and say goodbye to us because, you know, it's like we would understand if you're tired. It's like three in the morning. And uh, and he turns to me and he wags his finger in my face. And when, when Ronnie <laughs> wags his finger in your face, you're like, oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes sir. And he's, yeah. like, he's like, Lizzie, it's a moment in time. And all of these people are you know, it, like you're never going to remember all of these names. You're never going to remember all of the venues that you've been to, but they are going to remember meeting you for the rest of their life. So you make it good for every single one of them. And I, 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 I took this as like this advice so that I absolutely carry on to like with our fans and just, you have to make that time with everybody because you have to appreciate it. But then you, I, I had this epiphany later where it's like, wait, he made that moment for me. Like, I will never forget Ronnie James Dio making the time to come back to our crappy RV, <laughs> you know, at mm. three in the morning to say goodbye and to give me that advice. And it was like such this like mind blowing event that literally has become part of my mission statement as an artist. So, yeah, that was a that was a big thing. Wow. You know, what? it's too. always they say not to, but it's I think it's always important to meet your heroes. And this, I'm not, it really pays off. So hey, that's a great, let, that's a great If we moment. could divert from walking the plank for a second, Lizzie, um, have you ever met one of your, uh, what was the, what was the one artist or celebrity, if you will, or hero of yours that you met that um, freaked you out or excited you or just what was the, what was the best celebrity you've met? Celebrity is the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying? A hero, if you will. I, I mean, for I, you. Been a couple of them. So, um, well, actually, one of the experiences was playing with Hollywood Vampires, which is not just Alice Cooper, but it's Johnny Depp and Joe Perry and Duff McKeegan, you know, and like all of these guys. And uh, and I got I, I didn't know Johnny before then, but I had kind of met in passing everybody else. And um, they had me get up and sing and play with them uh, 
in their set at Rock and Rio a couple years ago. I think this was 2015. And they had me come up and do a whole, whole lot of love with them. And uh, and there was that one that moment where I'm just like, okay, we had some rehearsal. Okay, cool. I know what's going on. But you walk out and there's that kind of star power. You're like, what? what is life right now? Um, (laughs) Also, there was another moment that, so a a big, uh, a a big uh, influence of mine, uh, he was kind of like my version of, you know, teen uh, uh, crushed him and all of that. You know, he was my version of the Baxter Boys, but was Cinderella and specifically Tom Kiefer. Yeah. The reason that I picked up a guitar and, uh, and probably sing the way that I do and and have the inflections that I do. Uh, So, I got to meet him years ago. Um, my guitar player and his guitar player were uh, conspiring, and so they both gave Tom my my uh, my phone number, and he called me randomly in Alaska <laughs> when 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 I was in Alaska. I was like, "Hey," he was like, "Yeah, this is Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, and I, I really love that song. I miss the misery. Um, we're going to be playing together." Uh, in in whatever in Jersey or whatever coming up, and I really want to do this duet with you with Nobody's Fool for their song Nobody's Fool, and I want you to and I want you to play lead with me, play Jeff's part, and I'm like, uh, hello, <laughs> yeah, right, you know the wrong number, I, I click <laughs> on my bedroom door. So there's so much of that. There's also I'll give you one more uh, Joan Jet meeting Joan Jet, and she was really cool. To the point that I was kind of speechless because, like, she came out. We we had kind of this like she was in catering. We played this one show with her, and she was in catering. And I I didn't go up to her because I'm like I'm not going to disturb her while she's eating. And then we we found ourselves like out on like this patio area, and I like realized to my right was like Joan Jett. She's like, "Hey, how's it going?" I was like, "Yeah, it's cool." And, like all I could say was like, "Well." It's hot out here, isn't it? She's like, yeah, you know. I'm like, I'm talking about the weather. Yeah, good job. Stupid, right? I've rehearsed You're both wearing leather jackets. Yeah. You're like, I've rehearsed this. I've rehearsed this conversation a thousand times. And here I am just blah. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because I have, so my, my guitar player, Joe, years before bought me a Joan Jett Melody Maker. And I brought it to the show hoping that she'd sign it. So like I asked her to sign it at the end of the show. I'm just like, Hey, would, would you mind signing this for me? And she looks at it and she like looks at her manager. She's like, no, I don't sign any of those things anymore. And so I immediately was like, that's okay. That's fine. She's like, I'm screwing with you. It's fine. <laughs> Go sign it for you. <laughs> so she was just the whole time. Um, yeah. So yeah, those little star shark moments, they never really yeah. go. That's super cool. Uh, continuing with Walk the Plank. Oh, hey, real quick. Al, yeah, now ahead, I have ahead, to, n- I'm going to have to, as soon as we're done tonight, I have to go queue up night songs. Now it's in my head. Yeah. So thanks, Lizzie. Yeah, Appreciate that whole, that. That, whole, that whole record just dominates. The whole record, yeah. If you see me at a karaoke bar, there's at least one Cinderella song from that record that I will do. Right. So. Speaking, speaking of that, in, in, a, in a roundabout <laughs> way, Lizzie, in what activity would you like a lesson from an expert? Ooh, um, I actually... <laughs> This is a weird one um, that just came up last month. I want to learn how to play pool um, from like a shark, from like yeah. a, like a, I, I, that's so, it's so trivial and where it's like, it's not like, oh, I want to know how to fly a plane. Like, no, I want to like know how to go into one of these billiard bars yeah. and totally lay yeah. anybody. Yeah. And I don't really know. I, I, I know enough about pool to play, but it's the same thing like with bowling. It's like we go and sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm not, but yeah. I was just telling the guys, I'm like, I kind of want to like, hobby. So yeah, there are, and I'll, I'll bet. I'll, yeah. 
I'll bet with uh, with somebody with an expert like that, there's probably like two or three very specific things that they could tell an amateur. I'm assuming you're kind of an amateur or maybe yeah. a little better. There's probably two or three things that are like, like blow your mind. Like, no, you actually have to look at this as your marker and you're like, what? And all of a sudden so, it changes. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Great. That's Take a great all answer. Their money. Take the rubes money. Yep. Yeah, there you go. So we're going to do uh, Would You Rather. So this is just rapid fire. Awesome. No explanation yep. needed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can if you'd like. Yeah, here we go. Um, I'll go first. I'll go first. I, I'm ready. Well, do it. Go. I'm ready. Uh, Lizzie Hale, would you rather there be a perpetual water balloon war going on in North Nashville or a perpetual food fight? Oh, food fight all the way. Really? Absolutely. I would never think anybody would say that just because it's so gross. Like water is water. But if you if you hang out with some of these people in Nashville, they would be down. And then <laughs> especially if there are shots involved. Perpetual <laughs> food fight. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Well, the yeah, next time, would- well, that's good. The next time you're on Shiprock, we'll we'll do uh, a perpetual food fight hosted oh, by yes. hosted by Hailstorm. It'd be part of the deck wars. Yeah. Um, Lizzie, would you rather be able to run 100 miles per hour or fly 10 miles per hour? Ooh, um, fly 10 miles an hour. Um, that, that would be, that would be cool. I, I just, I, I love, that's the one thing that I do. Like I, I'm still kind of like a kid about whenever I get into a plane or anything like that, where it's like, I'd like to see the landscape and the whatever. So I'd, that would be actually very meditative as well. So yeah. So you'd be the most chill bird in the world. All I know is, you know, you know, making waves, the Shiprock podcast has, has come to a new, new heights when our guest says meditative. I mean, like, well, I feel we're like breaking, we're breaking records right now. An hour anyway, in, in, in some way in my life that's like, maybe, maybe flying 10 miles an hour would be really cool right now. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, would you rather go back to the past and meet your loved ones who have gone? Or go to the future to meet your children or grandchildren to be. Oh my goodness! If if I went to the future, I think I'd screw them up. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'd rather go back and kind of talk to some people that I maybe have not. A boat. So so personal thing with me. My uh, uh, my my grandfather on my dad's side passed before I was born, and my grandmother on my mom's side passed right right after I was born. So I never got to know either one of those people. So I feel like at one point in time, I'd, I'd like to go back and have some conversations with them and be like, yeah. hey, yeah. this is why I am who I am. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, Absolutely. All those questions. <laughs> awesome. All right. Would you rather experience the beginning of the planet or the end of the planet? Oh, no. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go full on for the end. I want to see, I want to see what we've done. <laughs> my, morbid, my morbid sensibility. Uh, that's how we're going at, is it? Okay. I've been reading a lot sure. of like dystopian like books lately and like watching a lot of those, you know, things on TV where it's like, oh, I want to know yeah. what the technology yeah. is featured. Yeah. I don't want my how life to feature John Cusack. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'd be like, I'd be like. I, I, I did not think of that. I, I, I know. I, man. I would not have thought of that. <laughs> all right. Would you rather have all of your clothes fit perfectly or have the most comfortable pillow blankets and sheets in existence? Oh man. <laughs> right, right now at the end of, 
at the end of it, like kind of sitting for, for a little bit for a while. I think I'd rather have all my clothes fit perfectly. <laughs> that's, that's the girl inside of me. It's like, you know what I can, cause, and, and as, uh, especially considering like, look, I, I've slept in bunks. I've slept in the back of like refurbished mail trucks. You know, I've, I've done a lot of like that. I think I can deal with that maybe more, but like if man, if like my skinny jeans could fit right. Now, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know the 19 and COVID-19 was pounds. It's actually right. I think, I think we can make this the last one and Al, I'm going to take it. Yes, sir. Um, there we go. Age before beauty. Yes. Uh, would you rather be free or totally safe? Oh man. Uh, free. No matter what. Absolutely. There you go. Spoken like a true rock and roll. Listen to that. Listen to how we're going out with that, man. Nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, real quick shout out to your brother, RJ, who was the, uh, did us the wonderful job of being the host on Shiprock 2020 for our, our, our benefit, our cancer benefit for oh, cancer yeah. sucks. Yeah. Our charity auction. And he helped us raise what Al 85 or hundred thousand. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was over 85,000, $85,000 for cancer research. So, uh, many props to him. So thank him when you do see him and speak with him. We, I will. We can't I, thank I him know that's that. very near and dear to all of our hearts. So yeah. And we can't thank you enough for being such a wonderful uh, guest this evening, but being such an incredible part of the Shiprock family and lore and uh, obviously enlightening all of our lives and making it so much better when we see you play live and when we listen to your music. So thank you again. Amen. Yeah, We're all thank you. together. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. This has been so can, much fun. Can you, can we, we'd love for you just to mention what a few things you got coming up for the folks. So they know what you guys got going on for the rest of 2021. Yeah. Oh, I don't know why that's sorry. I'll put it on speaker. Things are happening. Yeah, people. <laughs> Stop it, mom. <laughs> um, so uh, as far as what's coming up with Hailstorm, we're, we're writing another record. Um, we should have some stuff to release before the end of the year. Um, there's also a lot more surprises that are kind of in store for everybody that I can't necessarily release um, right now. But uh, what has just been announced, uh, we are going out on tour with Evanescence officially in November, we have some we have uh, some dates in June that are coming up. That'll be our first dates uh, ever. <laughs> yeah, it feels like ever. Two point oh. And to, to be completely honest, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing all of uh, the fans, everybody out there watching. Um, I've missed everybody terribly. Thank you so much for keeping in touch in whatever means that you have over the past years. You guys have saved me uh, more times than than I can count this past past year and a half. So, um, I just, I can't wait. I'll see you all on the other side. <laughs> That's awesome. The hardest awesome. working person in show business, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you again Chris for the pudding. Here. Thank you again, guys, everyone in, uh, before we sign off, everyone, Shiprock land member, Shiprock 2022 coming this January. Some cabins are still available. So go to shiprock.com to check those out. And maybe you can find a cabin mate, make some new uh, friends yeah. along the way. Cause that's what Shiprock's about is community. So thank you again, Lizzie. Thank Al. you. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. And everyone in, in Shiprock land, thank you again. We'll do this again next week, guys. We'll have uh, we'll mention the guests uh, at the beginning of the week next week. And one final teaser. Lineup coming very, very soon. Oh, yeah. That whole thing. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank Good you. Good night, everyone.
Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.